So we're in 1 John chapter number 4. Good to see you as our graduates leave. Some of those leave the building and some of stay. I, I want to say I'm proud of all of you. Amen. I really am. The, I, the scripture that came to my mind as I sat in the back and watched that wonderful presentation, uh, God said, or Paul said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. And boy, that's just, I just can't tell you, it just bubbles up in my heart to know that these kids, I have had good reports from this community, from our students, our graduates, the ball teams they played on, they maintained a good testimony. And I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. What a blessing. We're in 1 John, I want to bring you a message, a little different message this morning. Something jumped out at me this week, and I never had really noticed this until it jumped out. 1 John chapter number 4, and we'll, begin, we'll just read one verse, verse number 17. Herein, verse 17 of 1 John chapter 4, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because, watch this next phrase, underline it. It says, because as he is, so are we in the world. As he is, so are we in the world. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you so much for these grads. And I pray, Lord, now that you'd bless them and you'd keep them. You'd keep their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, don't let the world steal the faith of Christ. Don't let it steal their testimony. Don't let the world steal away and the devil steal away their joy. I pray, Father, that you would bless them. Now bless us together as we study the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you ever get saved, you'll have to become like Christ. Jesus Christ died for me, and in order for me to be like Christ, I have to die to myself, I have to die to sin, I have to die to satanic lusts. As a Christian, you listen to me carefully, the only way you'll find true peace and happiness and contentment is in Jesus Christ. He made the human heart and nothing, listen, nothing else will satisfy the human heart like Jesus Christ. He made it, he made it for himself. He knows how to give it contentment. He knows how to give it joy. Hey, praise God. The great truth of the word of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm glad Jesus Christ lives in us. The great truth of Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, will change your life forever if you'll grasp that wonderful truth. It's also a mystery. The Bible says the riches of the glory of the mystery of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Bible also says this, know ye not your own selves that Christ Jesus is in you, except you be reprobates. 
We're living in a world full of reprobates. Amen. They have reprobate mind. They have reprobate sin, reprobate action. That word means cast away. And the Bible says if Christ is not in you, then you are a reprobate. Look back at verse 15. How do I get in Christ Jesus? Watch this. Whosoever shall confess, verse 15, that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth, what is that? In him. So it's as he is, so are we. God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So as he is, so are we in this world. We are one with him because he became one with us. Amen? He was made like unto us. He became flesh, and in his flesh he bore our sins. He died a substitutionary death on the cross of Calvary in exchange for my sin. When they put Jesus on the cross and wrote above his cross, here is Jesus, the King of the Jews, you could put your name there because he died for you. Amen? And he tells us that we are to die to ourselves. He became us that we may be made like him. For the Bible says, God hath made him to be sin for us. God placed my sin. I don't understand it. Sometimes I can't conceive it, but God placed the sins of the world on the Lord Jesus Christ. And God said he made him, God made Christ to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God only in him. Amen. It is only in him. You say, preacher, this verse here says, excuse me, how can I be bold in the day of judgment? How can I be bold in the day of judgment? Well, that not through works, because works cannot give me boldness in the day of judgment. The Bible says, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. How can I have boldness in the day of judgment? Not by my goodness. For the Bible says, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. They're all gone out of the way. The Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. And we've strayed from the shepherd and the bishop of our soul. It's not by my righteousness. For our righteousnesses, plural, are as filthy rags. It's not by my righteousness, not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he has saved us. Amen. I cannot have boldness in the day of judgment in George or in anything George has done but I can have boldness in the day of judgment because Christ lives in me. He became like me that I might be like him. He became like me that I might be saved in his blood. Amen. As he is, so are we. Let me just stop right there and say that if Christ is not in you, you are not saved. And if you have not died to sin, you are not saved. Jesus Christ came to settle the sin question. He died for me, therefore I must die with him. The Bible says that how shall we that are dead to sin live any more therein? Amen.
I need to die to my sinful nature. The Bible says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so we find here that when I died and you died to sin, Christ became our life. Judgment cannot come upon me because Christ lives within me. If God were to condemn me, God would have to condemn Christ. Isn't that a blessing? If God were to judge me, God would have to judge Christ. And because Christ lives in me, I have escaped, praise God, the judgment and the condemnation of Almighty God. And I can stand boldly in the day of judgment, not on the basis of what I've done, but on the basis of what Christ did for me on the cross of Calvary. Boy, those are some great truths. If we can just get a hold of those things, the Bible says, for now, 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 there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God. I don't walk around under a cloud. I don't walk around with black suspenders saying, woe is me. I say, praise God. I'm free from sin. Amen. I'm free from condemnation. I'm free from the law. That old song says, free from the law. Oh, happy condition. Jesus has bled. Praise God. And now there's salvation. Praise God. Because as he is, so are we. If I die with him in death, then I'll be raised with him in the resurrection. Amen. I need to crucify George. It was Paul who said this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As he is, so are we in this world. Amen. As he is now seated, so are we seated. The Bible says that we have been seated in heavenly places. And sometimes I look at myself, I mean, I'm shoveling the barn or I'm building fence and I think, Lord, I don't feel like much like I'm seated in heavenly places. But you hear me, positionally, we are seated right now with Jesus Christ. Because as he is, so are we. The Bible says in Romans 6, 4, Therefore we are buried with him in baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. I'm glad this morning that I'll walk in newness of life. There is nothing, I mean, listen, newness of life, every cell in your body has to renew itself or you'll die. Whether it's a heart cell or a liver cell, or a brain cell, I think I've got some of those dying. But praise God, listen. And so what a blessing it is to walk in newness of life. I don't walk in the oldness of the letter. I don't walk in the oldness of sin. I walk because Christ lives in me, the hope of glory. I walk in newness of life. There's nothing like having a new life in Jesus Christ. And listen, you can have it every single day. There is nothing, you hear me, there is nothing stale nor sinful about Jesus Christ. 
There is nothing depressing, nor is there anything distasteful about Jesus Christ. Every day the sun shines brighter. Every day the air smells better, praise God. Every day we get closer to heaven. I thank God for the newness of life. Praise God. This old body's died. But boy, the spirit can be renewed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. As he is, so are we. If he's got victory, then I've got victory. As he is now, so are we, the Bible says, in this world. He's got the victory, I've got the victory. He said when he went to the cross, as he was going to the cross, not even having been there yet, he said, now shall the prince of this world be cast down. Jesus said, I might be going to the cross, but there's a purpose in that cross, and that purpose is that the prince of this world is going to be cast down. Praise God. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thank God for the victory that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As he overcame the devil, then I overcame the devil. He said, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. As he is, so are we. If he's victorious, I'm victorious. If he's a conqueror, I'm a conqueror. If I have victory over the world, praise God, then it's because he had victory over the world. Listen, sometimes I'll just be honest with you. The world defeats me. Oh, my goodness. I've got to where I can't even watch the news at times. I just get defeated. Amen. I can't turn on, every time I turn on the television to something, it's sinful, there's cursing, there's, there's sexual connotations all over the place. I mean, it's just depressing to me because I want to walk in newness of life. But boy, I tell you, in him there's victory. There's victory over the world. There's victory over politics. There's victory over finances. Amen. There's victory. Hey, there's victory over the, the world. Praise God. As he is dead, so am I. As he is alive, so am I. As he is victorious, so am I. As he is seated at God's right hand, so am I. As he will come back one day, praise God, I will come back with him. Amen. Well, what a great truth from the word of God. As he is, so are we in this world. I love Philippians. The Bible says in Philippians 2.5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, uh, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise God. Those are some wonderful truths. What are you preaching? I hope you figured it out now. The Bible says for as he is so are we in this world. Amen. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
Young people, you've graduated from high school or you've graduated from college and you can be led by your education. Watch carefully what you're led by. You can be led by the things, the philosophies of your teachers. We're not just teaching facts anymore. We're teaching worldly philosophies. Watch out what you believe. Uh, hey, watch out that you, as you experience life, your experience can even lead you astray. Oh, we're to be led by the Spirit of the living God. You'll never go wrong making decisions by the Spirit of the living God, by the Scriptures of God. Hey, we're predetermined. There is a predetermined purpose for your life. Somebody say Amen. And that is this. What is that predetermined purpose, preacher? What am I supposed to do? Which career am I supposed to choose? Listen to this. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse number 29, for whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Watch that word predestinate. Some people get confused. My Bible didn't say he predestinated us to be saved. It said he predestinated us to be conformed to Jesus Christ. Amen. His fore, in his foreknowledge, he knew that I would be saved, but in his, prede, in his predestination, in his sovereign power, he wants to make me like Jesus Christ. For as he is, so are we in this world. Are y'all catching it? Amen. Oh, listen, I'm glad to, to tell you that when I live for Jesus, when I live like Jesus, when I love Jesus, when I read my Bible, when I dedicate my time to Him, when I give Him of my finances, when I honor Him, He honors me. He'll do the same for you. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse number 11, These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and your joy might be full. Do you have joy this morning? Do you have a fullness of joy? <laughs> he said, I'm speaking these things to you that my, my joy, his joy might remain in us and that our joy might remain full. You know why a lot of people don't have joy? Because they take pleasures from this world. The, listen, Christian, I'm just going to be honest with you. If the pleasures of this world are what satisfies you, if you're only happy when you go to the beach, if you're only happy when you're on vacation, if you're only happy when you're watching your favorite TV show or when you're going to the ball game, if that's the only time you're happy, something is seriously wrong. Hey, he said, I want you to have a fullness of joy. Let me just hit in here on you. Jesus brings joy. Amen. Holiness brings happiness. Oh, I'm going to repeat these. Jesus brings joy. Holiness brings happiness. Christian living brings cheer, praise God. Freedom from sin means freedom for the soul. <laughs> praise God. I won't repeat them. Let's move on. I got too much to give you. Jesus brings joy. Let me ask you a question. You think Jesus was some sad sack that walked around with a sad face dragging his bottom lip? He was all just this religious person that just, he had to dot all the, and he did, he dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. He, there was no sin in him. But listen, he was a joyous person. Let me ask you a question. When you got saved, did Jesus bring joy or sadness? 
When you got your sins forgiven, did Jesus bring you cheer or did he put you down? Now listen, if he did that when you got saved, why would we think he changed? Amen. Boy, let that sink in. Why would we? Listen, every single day of our life, Jesus Christ wants to bring us cheer, hope, and the glory of God, and the joy of Jesus every single day. Amen. People, listen, Jesus wasn't a wet blanket. He wasn't a joy killer. Why, he had joy. What attracted people to him? What attracted little children that they would sit on his lap? He was a man of joy. Well, you say, now, my Bible. Now, I can just hear the legalists now saying, well, my Bible says he was a a, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Yeah, but he brought joy. And he said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Yes, he was a man of sorrow acquainted with grief. We've all, listen, anybody want to stand up and raise their hand and say, I've never had grief? We've all had grief. We've all had sorrow, but we work through those things because Christ worked through those things. As he is, so are we. Amen. Now that you're saved, I'm going to say this and I'd like to preach it from the rooftop. If he brought you joy and cheer and happiness and comfort and consolation when you got saved, he's bringing it to you now. Don't you dare let some preacher, some Old Testament law-giving, legalistic Pharisee, religious person tell you to wear a black hat and walk under a black cloud. Praise God. You have salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have newness every single day. Your joy can be maintained. Amen. The man who went to the cross brought us down a glorious salvation. The Spirit of God is given to us, uh, yes, to convict us at times of our sins or when we do wrong, yes, to lead us, but the Spirit of God was given to us to bring us cheer and joy. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then it says, for consider this, Consider that he endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Yes, he had to endure. Yes, he went to the cross. Yes, there were some things that God had for him that were not pleasant, but he maintained his joy. And you can maintain your joy in the midst of anything that life has to offer. You say, preacher, how can I do that? Well, as he is, so are we. I need to die to George. If I let old George rise up, George will say, hey, why did this happen in my life? Why did I put up with that in my life? Why did God send this in my life? Hey, George wants to ask those questions, but Paul said it like this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection being made conformable unto his death. I need to die to George and die to all those questions and be alive to Jesus Christ and those questions will take care of themselves those griefs will take care of themselves because the man of grief brought us some joy. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
If we're like him, let me finish the message here. Got to hurry. If we're like Jesus, we ought to be grieved at what grieves Jesus. If sin grieves the heart of God and spurns the heart of Christ, then you and I ought to be grieved over sin. You say, preacher, I'm so grieved over the sin of our nation. Well, let me just be honest with all of us. We ought to be grieved over our own sin first. Don't be grieved over the rainbow flags flying down here on parade, amen, in Damascus today. You'll see them if you go through there. It's trail days, you know. Don't be grieved over that until you're grieved over your own sin. But be grieved over your own sin and be grieved over that, amen. We ought to be grieved at what grieves the heart of God. We ought to be saddened by what's going on in our country today while we're promoting sin and we're parading sin. And I can show you from Scripture, I'll preach a whole message on it one day, that God didn't judge Sodom and Gomorrah as long as sin was in the closet. But when sin came out of the closet, that's when God judged Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's exactly where we are in America today. Somebody say amen. It make no mistake about it. Sin grieves the heart of God. When a nation becomes proud in their sin, they flaunt their rebellion, they grieve God at His very heart. And God's people ought to be grieved at our very heart. Our nation, folks, is in serious trouble. I don't need to look at our military. I don't need to look at our GDP or our economy, our, our debt ceiling. You know what I need to look at? I need to look at our sin. And when I see our sin as a nation stinking in the nostrils of God, it doesn't matter about our GDP or our military or our economy. God will judge America. When a nation takes pleasure in turning on the TV and spends their time being amused by sin, adultery, pornography, perversion, problems arise. Amen. What causes Jesus to weep ought to make me weep. What grieves the heart of God ought to grieve my heart. The Bible says in Philippians 3.10, we read that just a minute ago, uh, fellowship, the fellowship of his sufferings. Amen. The world has gotten evil and the church has gotten a don't care attitude. Let me say that again. Our world has gotten evil and the church has developed a don't care attitude. God help us to care. God help us to be on our knees. God help us to be right with God and, be, and, and, and put our church first and our Lord first and our Christian life first and make Jesus the priority of our life. Amen. The Bible says to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Amen. The fellowship of his suffering. What he loves, we ought to love. As he is, so are we. What he hates, we ought to hate. What grieves him ought to grieve us. His friends ought to be our friends. He said this, As ye have done it to the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Show me the kind of people that you want to be with and I'll show you the kind of person that you are. Let me say that again. Show me the kind of people that you want to be with and I'll show you the kind of person that you are. We're now living in a society that says, I want to go everywhere but church. Oh, I believe, I just don't go to church. Do you know how many times as a pastor I've heard that? That grieves my heart. 
Oh, I, I believe. But I don't go to church. Well, the devils believe and tremble. If you love Jesus, you'll love the things that Jesus loves. You'll, ha- you'll love the friends that, you'll, that Jesus loves. Listen, you'll love the church. You'll love your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll love the ministry. You'll love to give. You'll love to, the t- to give your time and your tithes and your talents. The, if you love the Lord as he is, so are we in this world. We'll love the people that Jesus loves. Amen. I know the church isn't perfect, and I have so many people say this. Well, I got hurt in church. I'm just not going to go anymore. Well, who hurt you, a person or Jesus? The preacher or Jesus? Some fellow Christian or Jesus? Hey, don't you give up on Jesus because of a person. <laughs> the old, what was the old poem that said, said uh, uh, how did it go? Uh, to dwell up above. With those that we love will be glory. But to dwell here below with those that we know, well, that's another story. (laughs) The church isn't perfect, friend. The pastor, let me break in on you. The pastor isn't perfect. Your Christian friends are not perfect, but we have a perfect Savior. And we're here to worship and to lift up a perfect Savior. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Let me tell you something. I'd rather be acquainted with a backslidden Christian as somebody, a nice person who's not saved. You know why? Because there's something about a Christian fellowship. There's something about a person when I deal with them If I know they're saved and there's a witness there, I can communicate with that person. I can can be on the same plane, the same vibes as that person. But listen, if I I know a person's lost, it's hard for me to communicate. It's hard for me to give them my heart. I'd rather, listen, I'd rather be friends with a backslidden Christian as a really nice unsaved person. God helped me to love the church and love his people. We know we've passed from death into life because we love the brethren. And let me close with this. His enemies ought to be our enemies. Jesus said this in John chapter 3, 1 John 3, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. If the world hates you, he said, you know that it hated me first before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, I've chosen you out of the world. And therefore, he said, the world hateth you. How many enemies do you have because you love the Lord? That's a good question. How many people say bad things about you because you love the Lord? How many people are whispering behind your back because you love the Lord? That's a really good question. And then lastly, his friends will be my friends. His love will be my love. His hatred will be my hatred. But lastly, his love for souls will be my love for souls. Oh, I long to see people saved. Boy, it just thrills my heart. We prayed over this box and, and pray for the folks, the names in this box up here that are lost. I long to see them get saved. And then when I see them get saved and they give me a call and say, what about them? And they have questions and they begin to learn and they start listening to Christian radio and Christian music and their life begins to turn around. I joy in that. Oh, his, his, his heart 
ought to be our heart. He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. For Christ came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved as he is, so are we. And he said, I sin, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. You see, preacher, with what authority do I have to win souls, to invite somebody to church. With what authority do I have to give them the gospel? Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth as he is. So are we in this world. We have the authority. We have the power. We have the gospel message. Let's get it out to a lost and dying world and see people come to Christ, watch them grow in the faith, watch them become Christians and do a work for God. That's what our church is for. Amen. God help us to be on board. As he is, so are we in this world. I want to ask you a few questions now before we dismiss. It's still early. As he is, so are we in this world. His future is my future. Amen. Oh, listen. I have a future. Praise God. I don't have a depressive look, outlook for my future. I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I have hope for tomorrow. I have hope for eternity. My life goes beyond the grave. Your life can go beyond the grave if you'll come to Christ this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Would you pray with me for those here who might be lost, who don't know Christ as their Savior? I want to ask you a question. not going to ask you to raise your hand. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Is Jesus living in you and you have the hope of glory? If not, you can know Him today. I mean today. You can walk out of this church. And you can walk in newness of life. Your sins forgiven. Your heart clean. Your mind pure. Praise God. Listen, there's nothing better than that. If I wrote you a check for a million dollars today, it wouldn't be any better than a pure mind and a clean heart. And to know that you have the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to come right now. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I believe God spoke to somebody's heart this morning. I want you to come right now. No show of hands, just slip out of your seat. Nobody's looking around. Everybody's being very reverent. Slip out of your seat and come here. Brian will take a Bible, show you how to be saved. You can walk out of this church, praise God, with a pure heart. His future can be your future. You can have hope. You can appear with Him in glory. We wait for just a moment. She's playing that song, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Do you love the Lord? Would you love to be saved? Would you love to have your life turned around? Christ can do that. All authority has been given Him in heaven and earth. He said, now is the prince of this world cast out. We wait for just a moment. God's spoken to your heart. We just simply call out in love and compassion pleading come to Jesus today and you can sing with us my Jesus I love thee and if ever I love thee my Jesus tis now we wait for just a moment while God deals with you 
please come. He loved you. He died to save you. He wants to save you. He's speaking to your heart right now. You know what you need to do. You need to throw up a white flag of surrender and say, Lord, I'm coming to you right now. We're going to close the invitation. Why don't you have the courage to step out? Trust Christ as your personal Savior.